Hello and Happy New Year! You're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. Like last year, we will be devoting this episode by sharing our top 10 films of 2021. These are not our top 10 favorite films of all time, but rather our favorite of the year. They can be new movies or old movies as long as we watch the film for the first time in 2021. And with me to share their list is Christina. Hello, I'm back. (laughs) This is so exciting. I'm so glad we're a bit late this year, but it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I was even like, we were just saying how we kept the list of like each other's like top 10 from last year. And I did finally watch Emma, um, which I really enjoyed. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I need to. Yeah, I totally forgot that was on my list. And I watched The Prom and I think I watched one other one of yours. But oh, Jingle Jangle. So, yes, I still have so many more to watch on your list. Oh, same, same. But <laughs> So we will each share our top 10, starting at 10, and then go back and forth between them throughout the episode until we get to number one. Um, yeah. After we finish our list, we might even share some movies that didn't make it on the list or maybe some shows we, we really enjoyed watching this year as well. Um, But before we begin, did your list surprise you at all compared to last year's? It did. I feel like, and maybe this is because uh, my my girlfriend Hannah, uh, also guest on this podcast, like we've been long distance for a good chunk of this year. But I feel like when last year my list was a lot more varied in terms of like genre and type of movie, whereas this year... Like, (laughs) once we get to number seven, my entire top seven is Disney or Marvel movies. And I think that really says a lot about what I watch on my own. (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not true. My number three isn't a Disney movie. But still, like, six of my top ten are Disney and or Marvel movies. But when you think about it, like, this was supposed to be the year when all those like those movies that were supposed to come out in 2020 were going to come out in 2021 and then people realized oh wait we're still in a pandemic Mm -hmm. now they pushed it back to 2022 so the movies that really did come out this year were basically you know like marvel movies or you know no time to die they really only started coming out in the fall the big movies um west side story spider-man no way home Ghostbusters Afterlife and and the rest of earlier 2021 was basically like nothing (laughs) yeah no well even like and maybe this is just because I'm forgetting stuff which I sure which I'm sure that I am but also I feel like a lot of these movies are from like even just in I had made a list of like all the movies that I had watched for the first time in 2021 and almost all of them I watched in like May or later like I feel like I watched like almost no movies between like January 2021 and like May 2021 yeah Yeah, exactly and well also you were super busy I was super busy I thought I was gonna have more (laughs) time to watch some movies in the summer but then I took three courses so there we go (laughs) all of a sudden it was like November and I realized I didn't really watch any new movies (laughs) valid but it's okay. <laughs> Maybe the next year we'll have like a more varied list or, you know, more of those highly anticipated films. Although I am surprised with mine. I do have a lot of films that came out this year. It's just basically everything that came out from 
from August to now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. <laughs> okay, so why don't we start off with your number 10? Okay, so to my number 10 is the movie Adam's Family Values. I don't know if you're familiar. <laughs> yes. Um, I did not watch it, though. <laughs> that is valid. It is because I, as you know, uh, I'm a paid reporter, like arts and culture reporter for my university's student newspaper. And at Halloween, I wrote an article where I ranked all of the Adams Family movies. So I watched like four Adams Family movies within the span of like 48 hours. Um, it was great. <laughs> did you get that song in your head? I did. <laughs> I also, I, I like, I truly feel like I'm the world's reigning expert on Adam Family movies currently because I watched like so many of them so in a row. Um, and Adam's Family Values was like easily my favorite. It's it's so good. As I said in my article, it's like I feel like it's the one that like captures the spirit of like the Adams family the best while also like being the best movie because oh my god, some of them are bad movies. <laughs> some of them are I, just awful. I think I've only seen the first like is there more than two live ones? Cuz then so those there's are the only ones. There's two live ones. There's the Adams family and the Adams family values, values. that like had like a like a theater release so adam's family values is the second live action one um and then there's been two animated movies both of which are terrible and in between in the mid 90s there was a direct to vhs movie called adam's family reunion which starred tim curry as gomez <laughs> why is he always in these movies <laughs> and that one was like bad but in an enjoyable way the animated movies are bad in an infuriating way um, but you like this one. Oh, yeah, but no, Adam's Family Values is like, it had to be, it had to be in my list of top 10. Like, it's just a really good movie. Um, maybe not by like critical standards, but it's just like fun to watch. And I love the characterization of them in like this movie, especially. It has, oh no, I don't remember her name, um, but it has like a. Uh, a very funny actress as a love interest for Fester. That's like one of the main plots of the movie. Um, and the other plot, which is eas definitely the better plot, is Wednesday and Pugsley are at summer camp. Um, and huh? Christine Baranski is one of the camp counselors, and she's so oh funny. God. It's so good. That's cool that she reprised, well, she didn't reprise her role, but did a cameo. Yeah. No, she she's great. It's fantastic. Well, that is, <laughs> I didn't expect that, but that's <laughs> really good to hear. I mean, where can you watch this movie? <laughs> oh, uh, Netflix. Yes, okay. you can watch the first two live action uh, Adam Family movies on Netflix. I think you can watch at least one of the animated ones there, but like, if you can't, that's no real loss. Um, and you can watch the Adam's Family Reunion with Tim Curry for free on the internet using a on little YouTube. little bit of searching. Do you have the worst witch on here, Christine? Oh my god, no. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> um, okay, so my number 10 is the Pixar film Luca. Yeah. And that has the acting... Ugh, the acting voices for that movie is Jacob Tremblay... Uh, local here, I realized when I was making this list that I have a lot of local people on this nice. list, which is nice. Um, 
The other two kid actors are Jack Dylan Grazer and Emma Berman. Um, so this was just such a nice movie to watch in the summer. It's the second Pixar film to be released straight to Disney Plus and Skip Theaters, which um, now they're doing again with... Um, there's another new Pixar movie that I've totally blanked Ooh, that's turning red. Out. Turning red, and they're yes. just totally skipping theaters again, which is kind of sad and makes me sad, but Same. I understand why they're doing it for kids' safety. Um, but Luca is basically set in the seaside town in Italy, and it follows a sea monster and his friend, who is also a sea monster, who experience what life is like as a human for the summer. They eat gelato. Um, lots of pasta, and take part in the annual race in the seaside community. However, the town is filled with villagers who are determined to find and hunt sea monsters. And anytime Luca and Alberto uh, and Alberto touch the water, they turn back into sea monsters. So it makes it very difficult, especially when they're always around humans. Um, I guess I personally enjoyed this movie because it kind of gave me nostalgia vibes to The Little Mermaid, which I grew up with. Yeah. Um, but it was also like a totally new story for once. And it wasn't violent and it wasn't complicated. And it just made me happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and especially right now when we're all stuck at home and longing to go to a warm place, I thought the animation in this movie was incredible and it made you feel like you were in Italy. And the voice actors were great in this, so... Yeah, just yeah. a calming film. <laughs> this one's definitely in my top 10 list. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it again. But if you'd like to check it out, it is on Disney+. Plus. Um, and yeah, just it just I'm not saying it's like Toy Story level Pixar movie, but it's fun and it's kind. <laughs> okay, what's your number nine? Okay, my number nine. I At the bottom of my list was a lot more of a mixed bag than the top. Uh, the bottom of my list is Baby's First Hitchcock, uh, Rear Window, which I watched for the first Woo-hoo! time this year. <laughs> Woohoo! Rear Window! Also, my favorite Hitchcock. It was so good. I, I never watched a Hitchcock movie because I'm scared of everything, and I thought that they would be scary, but I had to watch this one for uh, the like screen sc- studies course I took this past summer, and it was, or not summer, this past term. Um and it was so good. It was so good. I was, like, blown away by how good it was and how, like, how well it built suspense without ever being, like, actually, like, scary. Like, I was still really invested, but I was never scared, which is perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, and James Stewart is just perfect in this movie. Oh, he's so good. And I although, just, like, mm, <laughs> sorry, so good. To continue. <laughs> oh, no, I was just gonna say, like, every single shot of, like, when they he'd like look out his window and they'd like pan around to what everybody's up to and like what everybody's doing it was just so cool it was just such a cool concept i loved it it's just such a timeless movie especially right now cuz so many of us are stuck at home and you know i know what he's doing is like peeping tom creepiness but <laughs> the fact that you know everyone is at home and he is stuck there as well with his cast on and it's just so hot and you can feel him like so uncomfortable at his cast and he sees everyone else doing like stuff around him and it's just it's such a good suspense movie because you never really leave his apartment 
Yeah, no, I love I love how like contained it is while still being really, really interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite Hitchcock movie. Honestly, it's his best one. Everyone says Psycho, which, by the way, is not scary at all. But this oh, one good is a know. way better movie. I mean, like, it's scary from 1960, I guess. <laughs> not scary for 2021. <laughs> I wouldn't say so, but it's just, it's basically just happens when you're not, like, the things that occur, you don't really see. But um, that's what's so great about Hitchcock was he was the master of suspense. But I think he really hit the hit the nail with this one. This one is more timeless than I think Psycho and and um, his other ones. The Birds doesn't really hold up now, especially with the special effects of the birds. <laughs> I have <laughs> seen some clips funny. of that and they are very funny. <laughs> it is so funny and they're like screaming and it's like, that is fake. <laughs> But yeah, I'm so glad you put that on that list. I forgot you watched it for the first time this year. And also yeah. shout out to Grace Kelly's dresses in this movie. Oh my, my god, god, yes. Oh my god. Style icon. And I love his maid or like his nurse that comes. She's so funny. Also, I feel like I talked about this with my roommate when I was watching it is I was like, yeah, this movie is like kind of sexist because it like came out when it did. But also considering when it came out when it did, it's like kind of feminist, not gonna lie. Well, like these I mean, women I, do stuff for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it still baffles me why Grace Kelly's character is with him, but same. Because <laughs> he's you like know. so much older. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that she actually like goes to the bad guy's, you know, apartment on her own, and then she's like, you know, fighting him off when he catches her. Oh, that suspense. That's such a good scene. And then when the cops come, and I mean, she's she holds it together really well, and and uh she's she has good agency in this movie and she has her own agenda as well which is nice to see in most hitchcock movies the women do not have this yep (laughs) (laughs) um so my number nine is oh i guess um people can watch rear window probably rent it anywhere i don't think it's on netflix but no i i watched it through like my university's library the teacher put it on hold but i'm sure you can find it somewhere (laughs) yeah okay so my number nine is ghostbusters afterlife which i finally saw hey i haven't seen (laughs) it yet i was wanting to see this movie in theaters but when i finally had time to go to theaters and felt comfortable again it was gone because of West Side Story and Spider-Man No yep. Way Home. So, <laughs> damn it. Um, so this highly anticipated film, probably for the last two years now, people have been talking about it, has finally come out. And it stars um, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, another local boy. I've got a lot of local talent on my list here. Um, McKenna Grace and, of course, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Ernie Hudson as the original Ghostbusters. Um... So it's hard to talk about this movie without giving away too much plot. But if you've seen the trailer, you probably understand that it's like the next generation Ghostbusters focusing on um, kids catching ghosts in a small town. And it's not really a sequel. I would say it's more like a part three. Just forget about 
the female version Ghostbusters <laughs> that everyone would like to forget because that know, one does that, not I, I enjoyed that movie for what it was it was it was certainly a movie I watched <laughs> um okay <laughs> I'm off the podcast <laughs> no Kristen Wiig was funny true <laughs> anyway um, this film is a huge tribute to the late Ghostbuster Harold Ramis, and um, the whole movie really revolves around him. What I will say is that a single mom and her two kids move into an old spooky farmhouse after their grandfather dies. Um, the kids know the stories of New York in the 80s. It's kind of funny. It's like they're like, oh, when the apocalypse happened in the 80s. And you f- I feel so old when I'm watching it because these kids are like <laughs> around the same age as me. I think the girl's about six or seven years younger, but it's like... How do you not know? Like, the 80s wasn't that long ago. Like, they talk about yeah. it like it was, like, World War II or something. <laughs> um, but uh, neither of them know that their grandfather was one of the Ghostbusters. So that's kind of what the whole movie is about. Ooh. Um, I was a big fan of Ghostbusters in, like, grade two and three. It was, like, that and Annie. I, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Ghostbusters really is a classic. <laughs> Really weird movie taste as an eight-year-old. Um, so seeing, like, an additional film after, gosh, I don't know, like, 30 years um, really made me happy and brought on a lot of nostalgia. Plus, it was directed by Jason Reitman, who is the son of Ivan Reitman. And Ivan Reitman directed the previous Ghostbuster films. Um, there were things I didn't quite like about this movie. First of all, the mom really annoyed me in it. She's just, like the most useless parent ever (laughs) and she just like I didn't work I didn't think she had good chemistry with Finn Wolfhard and Mackenzie Grace um or Paul Rudd for that matter Paul Rudd is also the worst teacher ever like he doesn't teach he puts in VHS tapes of movies of dogs who have rabies for the kids to watch which is, and then he just goes in the back and, like, does his own experiments on why the town is so weird. Also, it didn't have enough ghosts for me in the movie. There was, like, only four or maybe three. Huh. And it was all near the end. And yeah, I found it doesn't that there feel was, like many ghosts. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, a big lead up to that point. Um, but it would have been nice to have, I don't know, some more familiar ones from maybe the, the 80s. They did not do this. Um, I think the most terrifying part of this movie was seeing how old Bill Murray is. Because, <laughs> like, when they come out in their Ghostbusters outfits, you know, Dan Aykroyd still kind of looks like Dan Aykroyd. He's a bit fatter now, but he still looks like him. And, okay, Ernie Hudson looks the best. But when Bill Murray turned around, I was, like, scared. <laughs> I was expecting Valid. him, like, 1990 him. <laughs> anyway... Love the original Ghostbusters, and I'm glad that they all came back, even one in spirit. Yeah. Um, so you can view this on um, iTunes, I guess. I rented it, but you can probably nice. find it on YouTube or Google Play or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is your number eight? Okay. <laughs> so my number eight... A uh, bit of a deep cut for all you Natasha Leone fans out there. Um, but I was introduced to this movie by my friend Margaret uh, during, like, 
March or April. I don't remember when exactly, but like this past spring. Um, and it is the 1990 film, 1999 film, But I'm a Cheerleader. I don't know if you're familiar with this one. Who is in it? Uh, okay, so Natasha Leone's the big one. Um, RuPaul is also in it as a man. I've never seen him as a man. It was oh. very jarring. I, I mean, I've never seen him as a man, like, in, out of drag, um, like, in the media. So oh, it was, Melody like, very Linsky. weird. I know her. She was yes. in um, Ever After. Yes, yes. She's, oh, and um, Dante Bosco is in it, and he's great. I adore oh. him with all my heart and soul. Um, so basically, Michelle Williams, wow. Yeah, it's got a surprisingly stacked cast uh, for how much of a, like, sort of, like, I don't necessarily want to say underground, but it, it very much has a cult following in the same way that, like, The Room has a cult following, except this movie is a lot better than The Room, <laughs> um, which was also a movie I watched for the first time this year. Um, <laughs> but so the premise of But I'm a Cheerleader uh, is it is a, like, dark satirical comedy that is all about this girl who gets sent to a like gay conversion therapy camp um because her parents are like really this is natasha leone she's a high schooler she's a cheerleader she has a boyfriend um but her parents and her friends and her boyfriend all think that she's a lesbian uh and they're like very concerned about it because they're like white stereotypical like evil christians um and the thing that she like keeps saying over and over again at the beginning of the movie is like i can't be a lesbian i'm a cheerleader which is like where the title of the movie comes from <laughs> um spoilers you find out very quickly that she is in fact a lesbian she's just like super in denial um and so the whole movie is set at this like absolute like absurd like hyper stylized parody of a conversion therapy camp and it's so funny and it's so silly and it's great. I love it. It's so goofy. Like, is it a good movie by critical standards? Also, probably not. Do I like <laughs> it? Yes. It makes me laugh. It's very funny. <laughs> it sounds very ahead of its time as well. Yeah, no, like, the, it's I mean, me like, the prom vibes. Yeah, and I like, you know, 1999 wasn't that long ago, but also it like kind of was. And, you know, like, gay marriage wasn't legalized in america until like 11 or 12 years after that so it was uh yeah it's very funny the the rupaul so there's rupaul and this other woman who i don't remember but they play like the leaders of the camp and so the woman like teaches all the girls to be like good housewives and like stereotypical like little feminine women um and then rupaul teaches all the guys to be masculine men so it's like a whole other <laughs> layer of satire that you have like RuPaul, RuPaul <laughs> being like, all right, boys, I'm going to turn you into a man. And he's like teaching them how to like chop wood and play football. And it's so silly. <laughs> I'm curious if this was a um, like TV movie, because I'm, I'm wondering if it was allowed to be released in certain states. It wasn't a TV movie, but I don't like... I don't know how much of a theatrical release it got or if it just got, um, like, if it was just at Film Fest. Okay, it did get a theatrical release. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, it it mostly, I think it was, like, it played at a few film festivals, which was where it, like, did the best. Um, mm -hmm. Also, 
they're they're they like started to make a musical of it um that like I think it hap it's happened like in previews and in London and like in the West End it never made it to Broadway because of COVID like this was like in 2019 they were working on a musical for it um, mm-hmm. But I would love to see the But I'm a Cheerleader musical. I really hope that works out because, oh my God, this plot is silly. <laughs> it sounds like just a fun Friday night movie to watch or something. Oh yeah, it was definitely like me and my roommates were looking for something like very light uh, and very goofy to watch like on the weekend after like a really rough week of like schoolwork. Um, yeah. And it's great. And that was also, this year I also started watching Russian Doll on Netflix, which stars Natasha Lyonne now, so it was cool to, to see where she's come from and where she is. Is that scary? Um, It's, like, kind of, like, not really scary. It's just, like, a little intense. Okay. So and where far. Can, where can you watch, um, where did you watch that one? Um, I'm gonna be honest, did... I don't remember. I think we rented <laughs> it off of chill. Google Play, but it's definitely not on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> or like any streaming looking. service except for maybe crave i think it's oh on it's crave. on amazon oh there we go yeah premium subscription okay that's so interesting though it sounds fun it's it's very silly the like the i'm just looking at the like the font of it like the promotional poster oh my and god the poster is so, so bad <laughs> like it's just a lot yeah i highly recommend looking up images of this movie later because it's yeah it's quite something her facial expressions look really funny (laughs) okay so my number eight is another animation the last one i think for me yeah um and it's called loving vincent from 2017 and the voices are robert gulikzik saoirse ronan Douglas Booth and Eleanor Tomlinson and the animated film focuses on the last days of Vincent van Gogh's life as he creates one of his final paintings. Now nobody talks about this movie but it's incredible because it's the first fully painted film ever made with over 65,000 moving frames plus including like his paintings as well in the movie so it's basically it's so hard to describe and I'm doing it terribly, but you're basically watching paintings move. It's so so realistic. And the characters look like the actors. I don't know how they do it. Like when Saoirse Ronan talks and her facial expressions, they're all there. Um, Yeah, if you're not like wanting to watch this movie, which I don't understand why, it's not very long (laughs) because of how many paintings it took to make. Um, Just like google the images or just watch a scene on youtube because again i'm not able to explain how cool this movie is but yeah it's really really worth checking out that's so cool wow that's cool yeah it's like i don't know how to describe it but it's basically like watching paintings (laughs) yeah and i don't know much about vincent van gogh so it was kind of interesting to learn about him i'm not a big you don't have to be like some big artist person or like (laughs) i can't draw so it just was really nice and i appreciated watching a movie like this um and yeah you can check that out on amazon prime yeah okay what is your number seven 
Okay, we are cracking into the Disney part of this list. <laughs> um, so my number seven is I finally, after three and a half years of friendship, watched my one of my roommate Daniel's uh, favorite movies of all time, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. <laughs> and... Uh, I saw that at Stanley Park. Oh, one of the nice. Movie nights. Oh, the second one, really? Yeah, but I hadn't watched the first one, so I was so confused. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, yeah, we we finally, as a as roommates, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, um, and I remember like I definitely liked the first Guardians of the Galaxy, but. It wasn't, like, it's never been one of my, like, favorite Marvel movies. Like, I always thought it was a little overhyped, so I was worried that, like, this one would also be overhyped. Oh my god, this movie's so much better than the first one. I, maybe that's controversial opinion. I don't think so. I really liked it. I really liked it. I thought the the action sequences are very fun. The jokes landed most of the time. Uh, the plot was really good. Like, really shockingly good for a Guardians movie. Again, no offense. Um, but like, yeah, the, I, I did not see the end coming at all. I thought it was really well done. Um, and I liked it. That's cool. Yeah. I, I never really got into them either. Chris Pratt is not my favorite Chris. No offense to him. No, he's like um, my least favorite Chris probably. <laughs> <laughs> Same for me. Um, but that's, that's really cool that you went back and saw it. Um, recent this year that's cool yeah i i'm very glad i finally watched it i've seen almost like every mcu movie now i i really got caught up a lot over over the pandemic um and i did not expect this one to be so good and it was really good did you like just the way the dynamic was between the characters this time better than the first one yeah, I think it was a combination of, like, I think the dynamic between them was better. I think the story itself was better. Um, I think it was definitely funnier. Like, I remember, because the first Guardians movie was really the first Marvel movie to set the tone for, like, what Marvel movies are now. Like, before Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel movies were a lot more serious, and then Guardians came out, and people were like, oh, if we make our movies funny, more people will go watch them, and then they started making, like, every Marvel movie funny, or at least yeah. trying to. Um, so I think that the first one, like, had a lot of hype when it first came out, because, like, a Marvel movie had never really been that funny before. Um but I, I didn't watch it when it first came out. I watched it like two or three years after. And so by that point watching it, I remember just like not thinking it was as funny as people made it out to be. And not yeah. like there weren't as many like laugh out loud moments, whereas like Guardians 2 had a lot of laugh out loud moments. Um, and like baby Groot. I mean, come on. I, I would know. do anything for that little guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. He's so cute. And also like I know... Um, like, Yondu is, is also my friend Daniel. It's, like, one of his favorite, like, Marvel characters ever, um, which I never understood until watching this movie. And then I was like, oh, I get it. He's an interesting character now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot about that movie. Maybe I should, like, actually go back and rewatch the first one. <laughs> <laughs> might might right. help you follow the second. <laughs> it has really good comedic aspects, Um like the newer Marvel movies compared to, you know, the original ones. So that's true. I never really thought about how Guardians of the Galaxy actually paved the way for that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, the second one is great. It's so funny. 
Okay, so my number seven is another new movie. This time it's a Netflix film, which I think either exceeded, like it's the best Netflix film of all time, as in like it made the most money, but that is Red Notice, starring Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, again, getting local, uh, going (laughs) local, and Gal Gadot. Um, I went into this movie thinking it would just be some silly action thriller movie. I think, was it you that sent me that meme of The Rock of like different pictures of him from like seven movies and how he looks looks the same same. like every Dwayne Johnson movie is basically the same um he's always saving the day he's always you know helping rescuing people don't get me wrong I love Jumanji him and Jumanji I love the Jungle Cruise I love his movies it's just like you kind of know what you're gonna expect when you go into it but uh, for once, he's not always the good guy. So it was cool Ooh. watching this. Um, there was always, in the movie, there's a myth around Cleopatra having a third gold egg, um, yet only two have ever been found. And in comes Ryan Reynolds' character, who's determined to steal the other two and find the final egg. But FBI agent um, John Hartley, that's played by Dwayne Johnson, makes things difficult for him along the way. Uh, They had really good chemistry together, which I did not expect. Um, I think it really helped with Reynolds, like, wisecracking sarcastic jokes and and Johnson's just irritated, annoyed face throughout the entire (laughs) two hours. Um, And I did not expect the twist that happens, like, in the third act. That came out of nowhere. And Ooh. I kind of want to go back and rewatch it, knowing how it all kind of fell into place. So yeah, because I, I just, I don't want to give too much away. But like I said, for once, Dwayne Johnson isn't always the good guy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I definitely, I really need to watch that one. I kept seeing ads for it and it just like kept slipping under my radar. But I do really want to watch it. Yeah, I was just going to look. I think it's one of the most successful Netflix movies ever made. Whoa. Which Honestly, that's not surprising. Most... Sorry, one second. Most streamed... It's, yeah, the most watched Netflix film of all time. Whoa. <laughs> wow. I don't know. But I watched it, so I guess I am a follower too. No. <laughs> Um, so obviously you can watch this on Netflix. I had a good time with it. Again, not an Oscar winning movie, but honestly, what is an Oscar winning movie anymore? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm not here for prestige. I'm here for fun. Let me have yeah, fun. I'm, it's I'm, a pandemic. Through a pandemic. Yeah, an apocalypse. <laughs> Let us have a good time, people. <laughs> okay, what's your number six? Well, speaking of having fun, uh, my number six, I just rewatched this two nights ago because I showed it to my parents for their first viewing of it. Um, but my number six is uh, the new Marvel movie that came out in September, Shang-Chi. It was so good. Oh, oh my God, yeah. that movie was good. I've been wanting to check that out. It was it was really, really good. It's definitely it's it's definitely at least in my top five like favorite marvel movies ever right now honestly it might be in my top three um it's so fun because i remembered 
I I'd wanted to show it to my parents because like I remember really liking the story and really liking the characters and really liking the plot and just like having a really good time watching it. Um, and then I rewatched it like two nights ago and I forgot how funny it is. Like it's really really funny. It's got a lot of like laugh out loud funny moments um, while still having like really likable characters and a really good story. And Aquafina is in it and I love her. Simu Liu is in it and I adore him. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It feels, it, it feel, it's like, I don't know if you ever watched, um, Black Panther, but I feel like Shang-Chi yes. and Black Panther work really well because they're both movies that feel very separate from, like, other Marvel movies. Like, they're still very much Marvel movies and there's still, like, other Marvel characters who make cameos. I won't say who. Um, but, like, there's other Marvel characters who make cameos and it's very much, like, in the Marvel universe, but it feels... It feels disconnected in a good way. Like, it doesn't feel like I'm just watching, like, oh, I'm watching an Iron Man movie, but, like, with Asian people. It's like, oh, no, this mm -hmm. is an original story and an original concept with, like, interesting, unique characters. Um, and I really, I really liked it. And it also broke a lot of barriers for Asian people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, which yeah. is really awesome. Yeah, it was great. No, it was, it was very, very good. There's, like... There's, like, two white people with speaking roles in the whole movies, and one of them is, like, the the comedic, like, sidekick, and the other one is, like, barely in it. Um, <laughs> and and everybody, like, all of the acting is so good. And, yeah, like, Simu Liu and Aquafina really just knock it out of the park. They're so good. And can you watch it now on Disney Plus? Yes. Or do you have yeah. to pay? Yeah, it dropped for free on Disney Plus uh, on Disney Plus Day in November, which is when I watched okay. it because I, I didn't see it in theaters because I was already back in classes. Um, right. But yeah, I saw it back in November and it's so good. It's just a fun movie. <laughs> I have to check that out. I still have to watch Cruella. I never watched that on. <laughs> yeah, Cruella did not make my top 10, but it's definitely worth watching still. <laughs> yeah, especially for the costumes. I, I oh, need yeah. To, I now tomorrow's school so let's see <laughs> if i ever get around but hopefully yeah eventually <laughs> um my number six is an older movie from the 80s 1983 called the dead zone starring Ooh. christopher walken and martin sheen um my mom's been wanting me to watch actually my mom and dad been wanting me to watch this movie for a really long time so i got it from the library and finally watched it with my mom and it's basically about this guy who gets into a car accident and is stuck in a coma. And when he finally wakes, he has the ability to see accidents and see what will happen in the future when he Ooh. touches people. So like by touching their hands. Um, oh, it usually has something to do with a child getting hurt or dying or something happening, but it usually always revolves on a child being affected. And, um, he begins to help people and after shaking the hand of a wannabe politician um he sees the danger um that politician will create when he's a leader so he sets out to put his life in danger to stop him um i guess it was very timely to watch this movie because it was <laughs> just after trump it was after january 6th basically it was pretty early <laughs> on after the sorry american listeners who are for trump but it was a pretty scary it was like really soon after the riots on january 6th and so 
I was watching it with that in mind and seeing what can happen when wrong people become powerful and get in power. Um, and I think it was a really unique concept before its time. Um, I'm not a big Christopher Walken movie. He usually scares me, but um, Fair. <laughs> just by looking at him. But um, I really like that each person he helped, he always brought justice or um, always was helping a child. And Martin Sheen was a great villain. I think now with superhero movies, movies like this have become extinct. But I like that someone that doesn't really have any superpowers is a hero. And I didn't find it dated at all, even though it's like almost 40 years old. Whoa. <laughs> There's a scary <laughs> thought. <laughs> 1983. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it sounds really you, good. And you can find this film, um, you could probably just rent it on iTunes or YouTube or Google Play. I, I got it from the library, like I said, because I was like, do I want to spend money on this? <laughs> Fair. But it was worth it. <laughs> nice. Okay, what is your number? F- wow, we're already at number five. What's your I number know. five? <laughs> um, okay, my number five is another Aquafina movie. Uh, it's Ryan <laughs> the Last Dragon. Hey! Which... Another one I need to watch. Oh, you have. Oh, it's so good. I mean, it's my number five. Of, of course, I'm going to say it's so good. Um, <laughs> but no, I loved it. I I think I, I watched it with with Hannah. Um, oh, man, I don't even remember when. Uh, I don't even remember when this movie came out, but it was at some point either in the summer or before then. Um, but Aquafina's uh plays the dragon the the aforementioned last dragon um and her as the dragon very much feels like robin williams as the genie like you can tell that that's really what they were going for yeah and it doesn't always land um and i mean you know robin williams is like a legend uh, an untouchable legend um but i think that like Aquafina between Ryan the Last Dragon and Shang-Chi has really set herself up to be like a Robin Williams type for this generation, which I really love. Um, I think she's really funny, but she also does the serious moments really well. Um, and like it's really beautifully animated. The character design is really, really good. Um, I love Raya. She's a fantastic hero and all of the the people she meets along the way uh namari is a fantastic villain who could step on me any day and i would say thank you um and it's yeah it's like it re and it moves so fast i remember the first time i watched the movie i felt like i blinked and we were like 45 minutes in um so the plot like is really well paced especially for a kid's movie um and yeah i think you really like it it's not a musical but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) hey you haven't had any musicals yet on this list. Oh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, that sounds really interesting. As well, it's on Disney Plus, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, my number five is another old classic. The last one. The rest are all new. Um, it's The Godfather. <laughs> Finally Ooh. watched it for the first time. Um, you can hear me talk about this movie in more detail earlier this year on the show for Oscar Month. You can find that episode. Um, it's just a classic. I think everyone that's into movies should see this. And 
it wasn't as violent or graphic as I thought it would be because it was still at a time where people had class when they made movies and didn't like, you know, want to show everything and left it to your <laughs> imagination, except for the horse scene, which I skipped. Um, I thought it was just a beautiful film. The music is outstanding. That was my favorite part. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I think everybody knows it stars Marlon Brando, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, um, Diane Keaton, and it basically focuses on the mob family, the Corleones, and when Don Vito um, becomes sick and injured, his son Michael, played by Al Pacino, who doesn't want anything to do with the family business, um, has to become the next Corleone in charge, and he's unable to separate himself from the mob life anymore. But yeah, just a really good movie. And I'm so glad I finally watched it and I didn't watch it when I was younger and so I could actually appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I def I mean it's one of those movies that like I've never watched, but I feel like I know so much about through cultural osmosis. And memes. <laughs> like every Yeah, like everybody knows <laughs> at least something about that movie. Yeah, and they always play the song, you know, at the Oscars. Yeah. Um, so I, it's kind of always been part of my life. I just, you know, was too scared to watch it. But it's just I'm I'm interested in maybe watching the other parts, um, like part two and three. But they are more violent. So I think I'll just stick to this one for now. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you've given the first one the seal of approval, I have to watch it. So. Yeah, just skip that horse scene, and there's one time something happens with people's knuckles, and just skip it. You can tell it's happening. I found that. <laughs> link you had uh you commented on on facebook it was like does a dog die.com yes i usually my use favorite website ever i usually use common sense media um so i was looking that up before this movie and it kind of like says around the time when the situation will happen so i usually skip it so you can still enjoy the movie and not be scared but i'm gonna check out this website now too especially before my hollywood class starting on thursday so if there's any movies I'm forced to watch, <laughs> I can have this, like, by my side, this website. Yeah, I, I will quickly say I highly recommend Does the Dog Die? There was one week for my film studies class, like, a lot of the times the teacher would put up, like, three or four movies, and we had to pick one or two out of the three or four to watch. And one of the ones that we could watch was Black Swan, which the only thing I knew about it was that it was a ballet movie with uh, Natalie Portman. And I looked it up on Does the Dog Die? And I was like, wow, this movie if is only way it was scarier. was just a ballet movie. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is way scarier and more messed up than I thought it was. I will not watch it now. Sometimes those psychological films, and again, I've only seen parts of that as well, mess me up more than well I mean like I, I don't know I've never watched like a full-on thrash uh, slash thrasher slasher film <laughs> um but sometimes those ones creep me out more it's just like uh yeah um I'm really happy they have those sites now even for people that may not have trauma in whatever movie it's showing I think it's really important for people to show it and another hint for this movie I don't know if other people had this trouble but for The Godfather, I needed subtitles. Like, I have no idea what Marlon Brando was saying <laughs> for this entire movie. I so have watch to watch movies with, with subtitles. subtitles. I can't, it's like, like I, they're speaking if a I'm at language. home, 
if I'm at home, I watch a movie with subtitles. Like, I've been so spoiled by subtitles. The rare, like, time I went and saw a movie in theaters this year, I was so thrown off by the fact that there weren't subtitles. I was like, what? Speak up. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I can't eat without needing subtitles. <laughs> okay, what's your number four? Well, speaking of movies I saw in theaters, you knew this one was coming. My number four was Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, last Marvel one on the list, but I love I love Spider Man No Way Home. It's my favorite Marvel movie of all time. I'm not afraid to say it. Whoa. It's easily yeah I know. <laughs> I'm I'm not afraid to say it. It's easily my number one. Uh, Spider Man has always been like my favorite superhero ever, so I'm biased. Um, but I just really liked it. The twists were all really good, and even though stuff certain elements of it were predictable, it was still fun. Um, some stuff was very much not predictable, which I, uh, I don't know if I'll say I liked, but I appreciated at the very least. Um, the ending was really good and not what I expected. Uh, so, and I, and I think it sets up the future of Spider-Man really well. Um, as somebody, like, I love Spider-Man so much and my biggest complaint about the Spider-Man movies has always been that they hadn't let Spider-Man have a movie that was all about him yet. Like, the first one, like, it was a Spider-Man movie, but, like, Iron Man was around. The second one, like, it was a Spider-Man movie, but the villain was only fighting Spider-Man because he hated Iron Man. Um, like, not saying that you Iron Man You mean the Man ones deserved... with Tom Holland? Yeah, or... yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, to be clear. The, yeah, the, like, for the Marvel ones. Um, and, like, not to say that Iron Man deserve to die but i think that we've gotten a much better spider-man movie now that he is like fully removed from iron man um and like yes dr strange is in this movie but he's actually in it way less than i thought he'd be which i liked because i like dr strange but like i'm not here for him i'm here for spider-man um and i i think and i hope that the future will be a lot more like spider-man as his own guy focused which i'm really looking forward to like the original um, Tobey Maguire ones. Yes, exactly. Like back back before all our friggin' Marvel character crossovers, like Spider-Man has always been able to carry his own movie just as a character. Let him do it. Well, I finally watched the first Andrew Garfield one um, this weekend, or Ooh. on Friday, I think. Um, the Adventure of Spider-Man. Is that the one with him and Oh, Emma The Stone? Amazing Spider-Man? The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh my god, I don't even remember what it's called. The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> I I still like Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland better. No offense to Andrew Garfield. He is on my list, by the way, for technically two movies, but mainly Ooh. for one. Um, yes, Spider-Man Away Home is on my list, too. But, hey. um, <laughs> but I just... it. First of all, the script was really poor. <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man. No offense to fans of The Amazing Spider-Man, but the script was just... It was really poor... And they look too old to be in high school. Why I like the one with Tobey Maguire is that they, like, are done high school at the beginning of the first Spider-Man movie. Um, Yeah, so it makes sense that he looks like that. Exactly. And and Kristen Dunst looks younger than Emma Stone. Emma Stone is too old to be 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And he was, like, 30 in this movie. (laughs) And it's just, it just didn't. It didn't work for me. Um, it was and fun Tom Holland's like, just a little baby. He looks really young, and Tobey Maguire looks young too. Um, 
I understand now with watching the Amazing Spider-Man, the lizard thing that happened, the lizard villain that happens in Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, so I understand those parts now, but I just, I don't know, maybe I'll watch the second Andrew Garfield movie just to say I've watched them all. <laughs> just, just, just to we have it in see. your, in your, in your head. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be my top 10 of 2022, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. So where are we now? Oh yeah. Number four. Are we at number four now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. My number four. Oh, look, another Ryan Reynolds movie. Hey. <laughs> This movie is Free Guy, yeah. also starring Jodie Comer and Joe Carey. You may know Joe Carey from Stranger Things. He also does those fun um, he parodies of, like, Death to 2020 on Netflix or, like, Death to 2021. They had one recently. Anyway, we're not talking about Joe Carey here. Um, <laughs> Free Guy is basically the Truman Show. I don't know if anyone out there probably have seen the Truman Show with Jim Carey. Um, but instead of being stuck inside a TV show and being filmed and filmed your your entire life, Guy, um, Ryan Reynolds' character, is a background video game character who decides to unintentionally rewrite the game he is in after being sick of his mundane life. He soon makes his world a better place and falls in love with a coder from our world who is trying to bring the video game back to how it originally was which means guy will get deleted they'll have to refresh the game (laughs) um this was just another really fun movie to watch it was really funny and i enjoyed the dynamics between him in the video game and jodie comer in the outside world and her character inside the game it was really cool and then Joe Carey is also working on the game as well. And basically him and his workplace are trying to delete the game and create a new game. But when that happens, Guy will be gone and erased and Jodie Comer's character doesn't want that to happen. The music is also really funny in this movie. Yeah. And I highly like suggest just like listening to the soundtrack, even if you're not into watching the movie, because the soundtrack is really funny. <laughs> And he's just really good in it. He's really funny. He um, makes you really care about Guy. And Guy is, like, so innocent and naive to everything. (laughs) And he just always has a smile on his face. And he's just an optimist. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I also really liked Free Guy. It didn't quite crack my top ten just because... I'm a cynical little baby and I thought that it was like too similar to the Lego movie Um, but I still really liked it and I had a very fun time watching it yeah I just I don't know I didn't see the Lego movie but for me it just reminded me exactly it was kind of like the Truman show just not as negative also with the Truman show he's a real person so it's worse yeah (laughs) but yeah I also like this movie it was really fun like it was really it was very enjoyable yeah, I just liked the way it was filmed and how when he put the sunglasses on, everything changed and yeah. it just made me feel good. Um, so you can watch this movie on Disney Plus. I believe it's still on there. I don't think yes. it's a Disney movie though. But no, I think it's it's just one of the like billions of things Disney bought now. <laughs> Stars, yeah. <laughs> okay, what's your wow? We're at the almost the end. Your I number know. three. We're zipping through. Um, my number three is In the Heights. It's so good. 
Finally a musical. Finally a mu- I know. <laughs> it shockingly took us a very long time to get to a musical. Um, I love In the Heights so much. I also rewatched this recently because I made my parents watch it. Um, the first two... I saw this movie in theaters twice because I, I loved it so much. Um, the first two times I watched it, there's one part in particular that made me ball like a little baby. Um, it, it got me every time. Um, the most recent time I watched it, I only cried a little bit because I, you know, it was, it was my third viewing, um, in like six months. Um, but it's so good. Like the music in it is so good. I really like the story. I really like the characters. I really like the way it's filmed. Um, it's directed by the same guy who directed Crazy Rich Asians, which is a movie I also really liked, The Look Of, um, which I watched maybe last year, maybe before. I honestly don't remember, but I saw it at some point. Um, and yeah, I think the casting was really good. Uh, it's, it's just fun. It's another one that like, it was the perfect movie to come out during the summer. I think it was originally supposed to come out at Christmas and I can see why, cause you know, like I, I know that musicals tend to like to have that like Christmas opening like West Side Story did. Um, mm-hmm. But In the Heights, like it needed to come out in the summer because it's set in the summer and it's like the perfect summer musical movie. Um, it was like the perfect thing to watch like in June when I was in Newfoundland and it was really hot outside. Um, and yeah, I just it's really good. I, I'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. In the Heights is a better musical than Hamilton. I like Hamilton. I'm a big Lynn fan. In the Heights is better. It's a good musical. <laughs> is Lynn in Lynn Manuel Miranda in this movie as well? Yes. Yeah, so he he has a cameo role in it. Um. So yeah, quick fun fact for you Hamilton fans out there. Um. When In the Heights premiered on Broadway in 2008, uh, Lynn played the main character Usnavi. Uh, Christopher Jackson, who played Washington and Hamilton, played Benny in In the Heights. Um, and Anthony Ramos, who played Lawrence slash Hamilton's son uh, in Hamilton, played um, Sonny in In the Heights, which is like the um, young, like teenage character. And so in the movie, now Anthony Ramos is like, it's 10 years, 10 plus years later. Uh, so in the movie, Anthony Ramos plays Usnavi um, and Lynn and Christopher Jackson have like little cameo roles. And it's very fun. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I need to watch it. I definitely want to watch it more than West Side Story. So I will get around to watching this one for sure. I Is it going to be on Disney Plus? No, um, this one, I got this one off of iTunes. And I think this one okay. was uh, on this because this one, it was one of those weird ones that because it came out this summer, it was released like in theaters and on HBO Max simultaneously. Right. Um, I, I think. <laughs> yes. No, that's right. Um, oh, yeah, and this movie also has Stephanie Beatriz in it, and she's great. We love her. <laughs> I just love the pictures I've seen in the trailer and just how everything looks so colorful and bright, and it it does seem like something you I'll have to say for, like, May or June to watch. I think you like it because I really liked the musical numbers, and some of them reminded me a lot of, like, how the musical numbers were shot and staged in La La Land, um, which I really <laughs> oh, liked. That's cool. Yeah, I, the musical numbers are so good. I loved it. <laughs> so my number three is a more depressing film <laughs> from In the Heights, and that is the world ending in Don't Look Up, starring Ooh. Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep, and Melanie Linsky. 
Oh, we I need to watch Melody that movie. Melody Lewinsky on both our lists. Hey. Um, so this is a satirical film of an awful occurrence. Um, Adam McKay is kind of known for movies like this. If you've heard of The Big Short, uh, which he directed um, a couple years back about the 2008 stock market crash. Um, so he usually takes depressing things that occur or hopefully will never occur in this case and kind of spins a comedic aspect kind of like The Office, if you know that kind of humor. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, he also has such a stacked cast. I mean, the big short had a huge names. This one, obviously, I didn't even say them all. <laughs> Jalme's in it, Jonah Hill as well. Um, there's a lot of, lot of big names. But basically, an astrologist played by Jennifer Lawrence and her professor, played by DiCaprio, discover that a nine-kilometer comet is headed directly to Earth in about six months before destroying the planet and everything on it. So the entire movie is them trying to get people to believe them and take their data and facts seriously. It's depressing but entertaining until the very end. And even I was hoping that things would change, that it wouldn't happen. But (laughs) But we can see in the last 30 minutes of the movie the comet literally heading towards earth um i guess what surprised me most about this movie was the great chemistry between lawrence and dicaprio she really uh held her own with him i was impressed um yeah they had good chemistry and he barely had any scenes on his own which i liked as well she was always there and she actually i think she might have had a couple more on her own than he did uh there has been a controversy around this movie about the wage gaps Um, how she got paid much less than him which is not fair but she did an excellent job in this movie and um i think in a time when we have all been living through chaos for almost two years now i think it's really important for people to watch this movie especially in this society because it was realistic sadly but it was super eye-opening about how our society is built and the values that we hold and how we'd rather watch silly talk shows then actually you know reflect and consider the fact that the world is ending we'd rather do stupid things go shopping i mean jonah hill has this famous line in there where he's like the animals are literally going to be extinct and he's like well i don't want like you know all my clothes to be destroyed and you know all the clothing brands to be gone and like that's the only reason he's upset and it's just it's really sad in a time where consumerism is so big than ever before with Amazon and all these other corporations and it's also really eye-opening to watch right now when literally billionaires are going up to space when they could be doing other things with that money enough of my rant (laughs) it is just it was it hit home because I'm not saying that this is actually going to happen I hope not but it's just really realistic yeah I I really, really want to watch it. I just feel like I've been, like, amping myself up to, you know? Like, I keep being, like, I got to be be in the headspace. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I keep being, like, I need to be in the right mindset for this one. (laughs) It is quite funny, though. Like, it's not always about, you know, the world ending. There are some really funny parts that occur in those six months. Mainly, Meryl Streep is, like, the the awful president of the United States and she's just horrible and she only wants to tell people that a comet is falling or she doesn't want to tell people that a comet is falling because of like the midterms so she (laughs) waits till after the midterms it's just it's so bad but it's it's just really realistic because 
the one flaw with this movie is that it it focuses too much on America. I would have liked to have known if you're going to pick such a heavy topic and a big topic, what other countries are doing about this because they kind of made it seem like America was the only one affected, but if and then it affects the, the end, whole world. <laughs> exactly, the whole world is going to be extinct. So only near the end did they say like Russia and the UK were trying to send missiles up to space to destroy the comet, but that was like kind of an offhand comment. And I was like, wait, actually though, what are other <laughs> countries doing? <laughs> Why is it just America? <laughs> um, also, if you're going to watch this movie, stay all the way until the end of the credits because there's a really funny, there's two funny, but the first one is really funny. A funny, um, oh, stop saying funny. Uh, there's a really good um, end credit thing. With Meryl Streep, which is so funny. Oh, cool. Okay, what is your... Oh, and this is also a Netflix movie, if I did not say. But I think I did. I think you did, um, too. Number two. What's your number two? We knew it was coming. My number two is <laughs> Luca. Hee <laughs> hee. Yay! <laughs> I didn't know it'd be so high, though. I Luca might be my favorite Pixar movie of all time. Whoa! I'm gonna put really? that out there. Yeah, Whoa. and More like Toy Stories. <laughs> I I'm biased because I'm a gay Italian, so I feel like this movie was made for me. <laughs> um, not that there are any like canonically gay characters in the movie, but like you know, come on, um, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah, the 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 tones are there. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, no. As a gay Italian, this movie was made for me. It was pr- like I. One of my favorite movies of all time is the the animated Little Prince movie um, from like 10-ish years ago. And so I think I was really drawn to this movie because it reminded me so much of the animation style of that one. I yeah. really liked that it was still like it was it was very obviously still a Pixar movie, but it felt like I was like watching a storybook which I really liked. Oh, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. It just felt like, like a pop-up book. Yes, exactly. It felt like a little moving pop-up book. Um, and I loved the colors and I loved the animation and it just made me so happy. Um, and the ending always makes me sob. Um, and But in a good way, like happy sob. Um, and it's just like cute. It just makes me happy. I feel like it's like, the reason that it's like so high up on my Pixar tier list, if not like the number one thing on my Pixar tier list, is I feel like there's a lot of Pixar movies that I really, really love. Um, but for some of them, like I have to be sort of like in a certain zone to rewatch them. Whereas like I would rewatch Luca any day at the drop of a hat. Um, like there's nothing like too high stakes going on. There's nothing too heavy or like deep. Um, like I loved Soul, uh, but it's... I love soul in a very different way than I love Luca because mm. soul is like so heavy and existential. Whereas yeah. this, like you can just throw on Luca at any time and I'll always be, be down because <laughs> it's I just, that's it's just the, nice. That's with a lot of Disney movies for me too. Like the classic ones, you got to be in the mindset for, you know, Bambi or Dumbo or even Pinocchio. And then there are the ones where you can just watch anytime. Like, I don't know, Sleeping Beauty or um, Beauty and the Beast, or The Little Mermaid, and then Toy Story 3, like, I have to be in the mindset for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> um, okay, so my number two, I guess we're going to have some similar ones. We're, we're going to have at least two similar ones on the <laughs> list, is 
Spider-Man No Way Home. Not similar, like the same. What am I saying? <laughs> the same movie. We're going to have two of the same movies on our list. Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Christina, you did a good job talking about this movie already. Did I kind of like this movie more because it was the first movie I saw in theaters again? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but I also really enjoyed this movie. It was so much fun. I love Tom Holland and Zendaya's chemistry. Um, I just love that all the original Spider-Man... Oh, whatever. I don't care if I'm smiling this. The original... There's so many memes out there, guys. The original, like, Spider-Man all came back to, you know, destroy all the villains from each of their universes. That was so cool. All the comedy around that, like, when they're calling Peter and they all look up. Or there's just really funny things that occur in this movie. Um, Doctor Strange was great in this as well. I feel like I'm not saying enough of what I want to say about this movie, but <laughs> uh, Marisa Tomei's performance as Aunt May was uh, awesome as usual, but love. this time it really hit home for me. Yeah. And I think like... I just... Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, continue. I was just going to say for me, like, as I mentioned, I'm very attached to Spider-Man. Like, I grew up watching the Spider-Man cartoon on Saturday mornings. Like, as somebody who's always been very attached to like, the classic Spider-Man stories and the classic Spider-Man villains, like, I was so excited to see Doc Ock and the Green Goblin. Like, when Doc Ock first yeah. shows up, I was like, yes, 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 The Green yes. Goblin. <laughs> I know. For me, it was like, oh, my God, the Green Goblin is back. When he, like, when Marisa, and when, when Aunt May, like, <laughs> brings oh him in. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God, it's oh. the Green Goblin. <laughs> but, yeah, Spider-Man was always my favorite superhero, too, um... I really, I wouldn't say I was like a huge superhero fan as a kid, but like I really enjoyed the Tobey Maguire movies. He's still probably my favorite Spider-Man just because I grew up with him, but I really, really like Tom Holland. And I think Tom Holland does his own take on the Spider-Man movies and he brings something new to the table with his, the way he, I don't know, his, his, I don't know, the way he just talks, and that sounds stupid, but just the way that he just, I don't know, his body language, he just brings something different to it, and I like that MJ has more of a role in these movies. Yes. Um, now that I have seen um, the Andrew Garfield's first movie, I do see how they wanted, in this case it's Gwen, to have more of uh, an agenda and bring more to the table as well, but it, it just was so super unrealistic I was like she's 17 years old like you're telling me that she's creating some like <laughs> literal science experiment that's gonna save all mankind whereas Zendaya <laughs> is just so much more realistic in this movie with what she brings to the table is like an 18 year old would do yeah um so she just wants just, to help yeah it's just more, I loved when <laughs> they kept opening the the multiverse <laughs> that's probably my favorite part <laughs> um, yeah oh my god when ned kept opening portal yeah. i was so happy that that was how they brought brought the boys in too like i yeah. think the spider-man no way home may have been my fourth movie on here but it was easily like the best going to a movie theaters experience i've ever had in my entire yeah. life like the vibes were immaculate <laughs> <laughs> and I loved like everyone cheered when but when I was in the theater I don't know if it happened for you but everyone oh, yeah. cheered when they all showed up and My... <laughs> I just loved how Zendaya's always like very um 
like she's speculating them and she's like prove to me like to Andrew Garfield prove to me that you're Spider-Man like you're not the Peter I know and it's just really funny when when I saw (laughs) the Nana makes him get the (laughs) Spider-Man when I saw it in theaters like Tobey Maguire comes out second and like everybody cheered for Tobey Maguire like people you know people applauded they were excited but because Andrew Garfield came out first when he came out everybody in my theater screamed like it wasn't even (laughs) just like applause like Andrew Garfield showed up and everybody went ah (laughs) well it's because he shows up and he's like running towards them because it's so scary okay no one Scream for me. Maybe they saw like the memes because I saw it about a week later. But he just, he also looks exactly the same from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Man is aged immaculately. Love he that guy. He drinks a lot of water. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. We're already at the end. Christina, what is your number one? Drum roll, please. I feel like I cannot believe that this is the second year in a row that Disney Plus has dropped a movie on Christmas Eve that has ended up being my number one movie of the year. Um, Because, oh my God, my number one movie of the year is so easily Encanto. It's like not even a competition. That is so good. I need to watch that. I just saw that it was, and you can watch it for free now too. It's Oh, you didn't have to pay. It's the, like... I know I'm spitting a lot of hot takes today, uh, but I don't think this one's that hot a take. I think that most people would agree with me. Encanto is easily the best thing Lin-Manuel Miranda has ever done. It's so good. The story is perfect. The characters are perfect. I love every single one of them. The music all slaps. There is not a bad song in this movie. Every single song is amazing. I think that this is like very easily one of my favorite Disney movies of all time, which is a big thing to say because there are so many Disney movies. <laughs> oh my gosh, did Lin-Manuel Miranda, he wrote it, right? I know he wrote all the music. I don't think he wrote oh, the okay. story. Um, but his songs like advance the story so well and they're all so good. I have had at least one song from Encanto stuck in my head every single day since I watched the movie on Boxing Day. Like, I wake up with We Don't Talk About Bruno in my head. I go to sleep with surface pressure in my brain. (laughs) Like, it's so... That is so good. It's so good. I, I have talked at length about this movie with my friends Daniel and Caitlin and with Hannah because Hannah and I watched it together. Um, although Hannah saw it in theaters, which I'm very jealous about. She saw it in theaters before it was dropped on Disney+. Plus. Um, did you do, like, the watch party thing? Yeah, but then we did, like, a watch party because she wanted to see my, my first viewing of it. Um, and, like, I I really liked the, the... Like, all of the characters are perfect and amazing, and I love them all. But I really liked the character design because this was the first Disney movie in a long time where not a single character had the Elsa face. Yeah, exactly. The Anna and <laughs> Elsa face. What is with that? Like, I, I love it. Ryan the Last Dragon. The character design in that movie is almost perfect, except they gave the dragon the Elsa face. I don't know how well, they Moana did that. Too. But that dragon looks like Elsa. <laughs> and Moana's face. Yes, like Moana has the Elsa face. Um... I mean, I know that, like, Tangled came first, but, like, you know, the Tangled 
Like, you can tell yeah. that, like, Anna and Rapunzel. The big eyes and, like, yeah. the tiny mouth. It's like, stop. Please, let's draw some different characters. Especially now, because people don't even hand draw things, which is so sad. Because I really, really miss 2D animation. Because with 2D animation comes completely different faces and different looks of characters. But now that it's so easy... I shouldn't say yep. that because I'm not an animator, but it's way easier than it was like 60 oh, yeah. years ago. Why can't they make different faces if it's all on a computer? Yeah, I... That was like the first thing I noticed about this movie that made me like it was not a single character has the Elsa face. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like... It's like... It's like basically a perfect movie. Like, I cannot think of a single thing about this movie that I didn't like. I have zero notes. I have zero complaints. It's so good. I I can't get over it. If this movie doesn't, like, sweep the Oscars, I'll be shocked. I hope it does. If there's Oscar, Isn't it? Oh, no, that's the Golden Globes. I was like, which one's canceled? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Hopefully. right. Um, it will win some awards. I hope Luca gets some stuff too, though, for its beautiful animation. Oh, me too. Disney needs to stop putting out, like, multiple really good animated movies a year and then competing against <laughs> each other. Like... <laughs> yeah, I don't... <laughs> we'll see for next year. I don't know too many of movies, of Disney movies coming out next year, but we will see. Or this year, I should say. 2022. <laughs> um okay wow my number one movie i've kind of given it away because i said there would be two andrew garfield movies on here (laughs) but he's barely in spider-man no way home so it's okay my number one is tick tick boom (laughs) also directed by lin-manuel miranda um this is just a really great musical it's about um, Andrew Garfield. First of all, he carries this entire movie basically on his own. I had no idea he could sing, let alone sing that well. Yeah, Actually, me neither. Like, he sings so well in this movie. Nice. I need to watch um, this movie. I, I don't know why I haven't yet, oh, yeah. but I need to. So it's basically off... Uh, this movie focuses on the real life um playwright Jonathan Larson who Andrew Garfield plays um he was a musical composer uh in the late 80s early-ish 90s um he created Rent um Tick Tick Boom and then he did one other musical but he Rent was posthumously he died the night before Rent came out from an aneurysm which was brought on by stress at 35 years old um so obviously this movie does not focus on Rand. It focuses on his first um, musical, which never got off the ground, and then Tick, Tick, Boom. But the whole movie is about how time is running out, hence the title, Tick, Tick, Boom, and how you don't have that much time left on this earth. And it's really interesting to watch that while also knowing that he didn't have much time left on this earth. Uh, This movie primarily takes place in 1990, I believe, and he dies like 1996, so he's just about to turn 30, and he's super stressed out about it, which was also nice to see because usually the turning 30 thing is always stressed upon women, and how yes. women always dread the 30 because it means tick, 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 the time's running out to have a kid. <laughs> um, 
And I think it was really interesting to see that perspective in a male's point of view and how, you know, it's also difficult for men. Um, he keeps telling himself right at the start of the movie how Stephen Sondheim created West Side Story at 25 and he lists all these other character, uh, these other great musical composers that did stuff like at 27, at 28, at 24 and he's just like stressed out because he's turning 30 next week. So it revolves around the week of him, the last week of him being 29 and um, it's just a really good movie. It's It's different. I mean, it's basically a lot of it is him just talking into a mic and singing and then we see the scenes come together and people are singing in the background. Um, Vanessa Hudgens is one of the singers in the background. Yeah. And it also focuses around the AIDS epidemic during that time and how in this week of his life, his own friends are getting AIDS, his own friends are getting sick, his own friends are dying. And he is just trying to write this musical that he's been wanting to write for eight years and it's never gotten off the ground. And... Also, the guy that plays Stephen Sondheim in it um, is really good. It was like Stephen Sondheim. I have no idea. His name's Bradley Whitford. I was like, wow, this is so also so interesting to watch now that yeah. Stephen Sondheim recently passed away. Mm. So that was also really melancholy for me. But um, the guy that played him was amazing. He really gave... I mean, I, I'm not too familiar with Stephen Sondheim as a person but it he looked exactly like him and the mannerisms were so similar and I don't know it's just a really really good movie it was one of the only movies I watched this year where I was like wow that's a great film oh that's awesome oh I need to watch it so bad you would like it a lot it's it's sometimes a little bit I wouldn't say it's it it um it is long so there are parts where it's kind of like wow there's still like an hour left of this movie but i wouldn't say that i would ever be looking or cuz there's always something happening there's always a song yeah. there's always him doing something it's a little bit stressful <laughs> you get kind of a bit of anxiety while watching it because you take in his stress of how he has to write his song for this musical that will come out like in 2 days and he still doesn't have his main song for the, his, when his main character, which is like super stressful. But then it's also sad to, after I like read more about Jonathan Larson, how this musical like never even took off, never became a thing. And how he never really got to see Rent become so big as it did, which is also really sad. It's really that sad. That he didn't get to see that. He literally died the day before it premiered. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important to know those things before watching the movie though, because it just hits you in a different way. Yeah, it, it's, I, I know it sounds really, really good. And I mean, I've always been a Rent fan. I've always been a Jonathan Larson fan. So I have no doubt that I will watch this movie in the near future. I just need to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was just, is it a Netflix film? Yeah, I know it's on Netflix, but I wasn't sure if it was a Netflix movie. I think so. Wow, Netflix. I had a lot of Netflix movies this year. <laughs> they did. Netflix is getting better and better every year, truly. Yeah. It had a bit of a slow time for about a year, a couple years ago, but it's it's doing well again. 
Yeah. Good job, Netflix. You're doing great. <laughs> um, wow, that's our top 10 list. Yay. Oh, my gosh. Were there any other, like, movies or other documentaries or something you really enjoyed watching this year that didn't make it on the list? Um. Oh, man. I mean, I also really liked Free Guy. Um, that was a very good movie. Um, I I watched The Big Lebowski for my screen studies class. I liked that movie way, way more than I thought I would. Um, I really liked, I watched Jurassic Park for the first time ever. Really liked that. Oh my that. God. I know. I was That's always too scared. <laughs> I really uh, liked it. When the velociraptors are like breathing in the window of the kitchen. Oh, it's like, it's scary. Like, obviously it didn't like actually scare me a lot, but I was like, oh man, this is intense. I rewatched <laughs> that movie like last year. Yeah. 20 or I guess almost two years ago. Oh. Um, for the first time after like a long time and I was surprised at how they made Laura Dern's character so um, strong and capable yes. and yeah, how she's she awesome. did so much stuff and now in like the new ones um, with Chris Pratt and and um, Ron Howard's daughters like the character she is like way less capable and she's like running in heels and short skirts and it's like this movie was made like in 1993 and Laura Dern is like a more strong woman than the character that they portray in like 2014 like and I don't understand it but yep. anyway yeah I don't I, get it I really liked that um yeah oh and we both saw I think yeah both of us saw White Christmas for the first time this year really liked White Christmas yes I like that too. I was surprised at how quickly they sang White Christmas. Like the first yeah. scene. It's like, oh. White Christmas. <laughs> and then not again until the very end. Yeah, that was a good movie. Uh, wow, Teen Beach movie didn't make it on your list, Christina. <laughs> I knew I was forgetting something. Okay. <laughs> if I Honestly, if I had remembered Teen Beach movie, it may have cracked the top 10. That was not going to, no joke. That was, I really liked Teen Beach movie. <laughs> I was just kidding, but sure. <laughs> Listen, I'm um, not ranking these based on whether they're objectively good movies. I'm ranking them based on how much I liked them. <laughs> um, I also watched The Bridge to Terabithia for the oh. first time this year, and I really liked that movie too. It's with a really young Josh Hutcherson and Anna Sophia Robb. They're yeah. like really young. But it's a really good movie. It's really sad. It had a twist that I did not expect, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that movie is kind of messed up, but I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also watched Beginners for the first time. Um, That's around the time when Christopher Plummer died, which he won an Oscar for a couple years back with Ewan McGregor. And I think he's like the oldest. Yeah, he's the oldest person to ever have won an Oscar. And it was basically about... um, Ewan McGregor's dad coming out as gay at like almost 90 years old and then him passing away and Ewan McGregor having to like deal with what he's just learned um and like as he goes through like old photographs and you know just being in the presence of his father before he dies and I thought it was a really really good movie also really funny parts like the dog that the dad owns like Ewan McGregor has to now look after the dog and the dog can like talk like he has an inner (laughs) monologue and it just and Ewan McGregor can understand him and it it just was a really good movie and surprised me at how good it was yeah that's really yeah I there's so many there's so many movies I need to watch all the time always (laughs) 
Um, were there any shows you really enjoyed watching this year? Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, Schmigadoon. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Schmigadoon was friggin' fantastic. I loved Schmigadoon. Um, I watched all of the Marvel shows. <laughs> I'm fully caught up. Um, I'm not going to say regrettably because I liked all of them at least a little bit, if not a lot. Um, but wow, that was a lot of content to consume. Um, I mean, WandaVision <laughs> was like easily the best of all the Marvel that shows. That one was my favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say a little bit of a controversial opinion. So I watched the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. And I think that Sweet Tooth is better than like any of the Marvel shows. Sweet Tooth was really good. I still need to watch that. <laughs> I really, I really liked Sweet Tooth. It was my cousin Kimmy introduced me to it. Um, I cannot believe my cousin is old enough now to be like introducing me to media. It's very bizarre. Um, I remember when they were born um, and now they're showing me Netflix shows, but it was really good. <laughs> um, is it a limited series or like, or is it going to have more seasons? It is definitely going to have a season two. Thank God. Um, because it's, it's based on, it's actually funny. So it's based on a DC comic. Um, and it the show Sweet Tooth was produced by Robert Downey Jr. So I think it's kind of funny that they like killed off Iron Man and then he like produced a <laughs> DC comic show. Um, he has the money. Oh yeah, it's fine. Um, but it's yeah, it's really it's really good. Um, and it's and it's based on like a very very long comic series. Uh, and this like the first season of Sweet Tooth only covers, like, half of the first, like, volume of Sweet Tooth. And so, oh. and and the first season was really good. So if the show keeps being this good, I have no doubt that they could keep, like, churning out seasons to cover the entire story of the comics. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really good and really well done. And... I've loved it so much. Little little baby Gus. I love that little guy. Okay, I'm totally going to check this out now. I really, I've been wanting to watch this. It's like been on my list, but yeah, because I want to watch a new show. And I really enjoyed WandaVision um, a lot because I grew up with some of the sitcoms that they did parodies of. Yeah. Um, and so it was really nice to see that. And, and I thought Elizabeth Olsen did a really good job playing the mom roles in each of those sitcoms um, because that was a lot. Each episode, sometimes even one, it was like two different characters uh, or like two different like eras. And and I think she pulled it off really well. Oh, yeah, she did. She did fantastically. WandaVision is a really, really good show. I also really enjoyed the show, which nobody talks about. I don't think anyone knows about it, but I will say it anyways, called The Big Leap, which was on TV. Like My on parents showed me The Big Leap when I came home. They loved <laughs> that like show. It's my favorite show. Okay, my I've only seen one episode, like, but it was great. <laughs> okay, it's the first time I've watched. Oh my gosh, this is so nice. I know someone that knows this show because <laughs> I've been telling people about it and no one knows it. But basically, um, my mom just found it on like one of those like like Fox or something channel and I have not watched a network show like religiously like every week a new episode in years so every week my mom and I would record it and we'd be so excited because it is so good for those of you that don't know it which is probably everyone um it revolves around 
um, a group of people who want a second chance and they basically go on this reality show, this dance reality show, um, to change their life. And um, it's so funny because it's like a parody on reality TV. I am so proud to say that I've never really watched reality TV shows. Um, I've always stayed away from that. My mom never was a reality TV person. I think similarly to your parents, <laughs> I never grew up with, you know, the Kardashians or anything like that. Didn't even know who they were for a really long time. Um, but I like that this show makes fun of reality TV, but also shows you how manipulative and how screwed up reality TV is and how you can get people to say things they don't want to say or you find out information about them and how you really have no power when you're on a show like that. And the dancing in the show is amazing. So basically yeah. by the end of the show, they have to dance and perform Swan Lake. But it's so diverse. Um, the cast is great. Um, there's a lot of LGBTQ representation. Um, and it's just a really fun show. Yeah, no, I my parents love it. I've seen one episode and I really enjoyed it. Um, I love that. Also, Scott Foley, who's like the producer of it, he is so funny. He's really um, funny. <laughs> most people only know him as Jennifer Garter's first husband, but like his comedic timing in this show, he just, I could just see a whole show with him. Like he's really good in this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, there's sad parts too. It is a drama. Some yeah. sad, something happens to character, which is super sad. But um, I cried in the final episode. It was amazing. <laughs> also, really like Justin. Um, he's like the one that always wears the beanie cap. Yes. He's just great. He's the best dancer, in my opinion. Um, also, was on Teen Beach Movie, too. So, good things come. <laughs> <laughs> Teen Beach Movie? Question mark? Launched their careers. <laughs> also, did you? I know you didn't only watch one episode, but... I really feel like Monica, who was like the choreographer, was basically Emily Blunt. But yes. that is just a yes. I kept trying to think of who she reminded me of. You're so right. I swear she just watched a ton of Emily Blunt movies and was like, for this performance, I will be Emily Blunt. <laughs> Every You're time so my right. mom was like, my mom would be like, that's Emily Blunt, Emma. And I'm like, no, I'm showing you the cast of like who is in this show. And it is not Emily Blunt. Like, why would she do this show? <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. Okay, yeah, my favorite show of the year was The Big Leap. I hope there's a season two. Um, the girl that plays Britney literally looks like Britney Spears, which is really yes. funny. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that was my favorite show of the year. My favorite movie was Tick, Tick, Boom. There we have it. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for doing the top 10 again with me, Christina. Oh, thanks for having me. It was very fun. I was very happy to be back. It's so much fun, and I love hearing new things to watch and because there's so much content out there, and it's so hard to find the time, but also to find what's good and what isn't. <laughs> And yeah. I trust your judgment. Oh, I definitely trust your judgment. So yeah, I'm excited to to watch some of these that I haven't seen yet. And I hope you enjoyed our lists and we'll check out some of the movies on there and some of the shows. And stay tuned. Um, why am I saying stay tuned? Because I don't know what movie we're doing. <laughs> but stay tuned for more episodes in 2022. Yay! And if you enjoy listening to the show... 
Um, don't forget to click the subscribe button. And if you want to send in a film recommendation that you think we should do on the show, um, you can email me at emmareviewsmovies.com. And if anyone else watches The Big Leap, send me an email and tell me who your favorite <laughs> character is because I love that show. I freaking love that show and I've been wanting to talk about it with people. Nobody knows it until now. So Now I have to watch more. Yeah, watch more. <laughs> Thank you for listening.